This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Well, good evening. How are you all doing over there tonight? Doing fine, Shannon. Praise the Lord. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're excited to be here with World Ministries International and... We've got Dr. E.J. Buckhart hosting. Brother E.J., would you like to open us up in prayer? Certainly. Dearly Father, once again, we want to give you thanks for radio waves, for TVs, other social medias to get the gospel message out, especially the warning message at this time, Lord, because this country and many other countries are in serious trouble because they've walked away from the living God. And Lord, we pray that this message goes out, that it will reach and touch the hearts of those listening, Lord. Not to just hear a message, Lord, but to put something in their hearts that will cause them into action. And they will do something about it so we can once again get this country and other nations back under the control of the Almighty Father God. So be with the speakers today, Lord, and we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. I uh, am Dr. Buckert, as Shannon said. I'll be hosting the warning program on Omega Radio. Dr. Hansen's family are presently this week ministering in North Carolina at a three-day weekend conference. And uh, otherwise, he would be hosting this program. I want to welcome all those that are listening by radio, shortwave, TV, or social media. You will now be blessed with two messages. One by Pastor Leo Boji Jr. He's the founder of the Leader of Christian Leadership Training Ministries located in Oklahoma City, entitled The Problem in the Church. And the second message by Dr. Hansen's is entitled The Peace in the Storm. I believe this is a very important message for today as we are in a stormy season and we need the peace of the Lord. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you all to the warning program. <laughs> Wherever you are listening or watching, welcome. My special guest is Pastor Leo Boji. He's out of Oklahoma City. Welcome, Pastor Boji. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's always my pleasure having you or being with you. Leo's not only a good minister of the gospel, but he's a personal friend. We've been together in different places, Oklahoma, Hawaii, Washington State. Uh, yes. Leo, why don't you give the name of your ministry? 
Yes, it's World Christian Leadership and Training Ministries. Our main focus is to prevent divorces, reestablish marriages, and to build and rebuild families. Good. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know, every church has problems with these areas, and sometimes the pastors don't have time to deal with them adequately, or they have him into their church to help with this problem, and they do conferences. So, again, remember Leo Boji, Pastor Boji, again, focusing on marriages. How would they reach you? The best way is just to Google or use my name, Leo Boji, B-O-G-E-E, and then all the contact information, website, everything that you need will come up. Very good. That's the easiest way, yeah. All right. Well, today we want to talk a little bit about what's going on in America and around the world. I put up something today. I just finished a program talking about demons, uh, Mm -hmm. spirits, and Christians. You know, the thought of the day was, do you cast out demons? Question mark. If not, Mm -hmm. yeah. Quit calling yourself an apostle. You know, there are people that call themselves apostle and prophet, but they can't even cast out a demon. Amen to that. So, I mean, uh, go ahead, Leo. Yeah, it seems to be a big issue here in Oklahoma, and I've only been here a couple of years, but demon-possessed people appear to keep their demons because almost no one's cast any out that I know of. And I just thank God for being raised up over 25 years in Hawaii where Half the people you run into are demon-possessed, you know. It's, it's yeah. really bad there with the belief in the volcano gods and sharks and turtles being ancestors and all these things that you have to battle to even get them to receiving the Lord. Well, you're exactly right. I remember when I lived in Singapore, pastored over there, and uh, we'd get people saved, maybe about 50 on a Sunday, and then that Saturday, we already scheduled them to cast demons out of them. Now, these were people that just accepted Jesus Christ, but again, you know, you have different nationalities and religions and babies uh, offering up to the gods, the Hindu temples, and then the Chinese different gods and and Islam, and so a lot of these had demons in them, and we literally cast demons out of Christians that very next Saturday. Leo? Yeah, I believe that. Because they mentally accept Jesus, but he's not in their heart. They have not replaced the demons in their heart, which both parts are necessary to be a real Christian. You know, they understand what you said, but they have not really received it. That's what I've experienced. Yeah, I know that, you know, some people say you can't cast demons out of a Christian. Well, I do it in just about every church I go to. You know, if you can't cast demons because a demon doesn't go into your spirit, it goes into your body. You have a will, mind, and emotions. You have a body. And uh, besides the spirit, if you say you can't cast demons out of a Christian, then that Christian better never get sick, better never have cancer. It's the same area where it's attacked. It's the body. Leo? Yeah. But the common teaching that you're even talking about, Dr. Hansen, is that a lot of ministries don't even recognize the demon activity in people. Every sickness and disease comes from Satan, comes from the devil. Yet they really believe that medicine, man's treatment, you know, is what you need. Listen, I don't disrespect doctors. God made doctors, too. But there are no treatment programs in the Bible. You go to man for treatment, you come to Jesus for healing. 
that's the difference, and, and many don't understand that. You're exactly right. I know you get into some other denominations, and they started off, again, filled with the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, casting out demons, and now, 100 years later, instead of casting out demons, they don't even recognize one. They can't discern one. They can't cast one out. They send them to the counselor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not even a training. It's like these young ministers— you know, I talked to him even here. There's not even sure what a demon-possessed person looks like, let alone, which you see quite a bit, demon-oppressed people that are fighting things like depression. You know, and they're like, this is a tough one. They got depression or they're suicidal. We've never had a suicide in almost 30 years of ministry. Cast the demon out. They're demons, yet they have secular programs trying to deal with spiritual battles, and they lose those battles every time. You know, I remember speaking at a fivefold gifts of ministry in, in Florida, and these were, you know, the fivefold gifts of ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor. And so I was a keynote speaker, and the worship pastor, which just great. But at the end of the service, you know, I, I touched on this subject. And at the end of the service, people came up for healing, etc. And he came up and I discerned demons in him. And so I wow. went for the demons in the worship pastor. All of the people there were aghast as they watched the, this yeah. worship pastor double over and started vomiting. Yeah. And we yeah. brought in a trash can as we cast demons out of him for probably 30 minutes. Dr. Hansen, that is so common. I've said for years, most of the demons enter the church congregation from the praise and worship team. Most of those people are on praise and worship teams because of their gifts and talents physically, but their walk with the Lord is missing. And I tell the leaders of these praise and worship teams, your job, your responsibility is to make sure each person has a personal relationship with Jesus. Otherwise, they're just singing. It's not about singing, it's about worshiping. They're two different things. Well, you're exactly right. Uh, some of them are just, if you want to say, showing off their talents. Yeah. Uh, they act like they're a star on the platform, and they're having, you know, a fornication with another member of the worship team. Yeah. This is what's yep. going on in the churches, Leo. Absolutely. Even homosexual relationships, and they're on the team. I know it. There's no question about it. It's not like we're making things up. It's like, oh, but they can really sing. That's a huge mistake right there. Well, you wonder why there's so much demonic activity in the church when they supposedly are leading praise and worship from people who are playing around with sin every day. Well, you're exactly right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've just tuned in, this is a warning program. I have Pastor Leo Boji with me today. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. And I'll tell you what, we are talking about what is going on in America, what's going on in the world, what's going on in the church. And we just touched on sin in the church, fornication in the church, demons in the church. Listen to this, Leo. Yes. I said, this is what all Christians must do, challenge the insanity of our culture allowed by sin unchecked. And I'm talking about pro surfer Bethany Hamilton refuses yeah. to compete if males oh. are allowed to compete against females. Awesome. That's exactly what we have to do. Yet people are saying, oh, no. You know, Dr. Hess, it was the same thing when Disney began the homosexual day. There were top name ministers in America saying, oh, it'll just go away. Don't worry about it. Now it's not a homosexual day. It's a homosexual event. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. We keep turning our backs as Christian leaders, call people, like you said, the fivefold ministers called who are silent. 
And Satan's taking full advantage of it. And here, this pro surfer, Bethany Hamilton, remember, she was attacked years ago by a shark who took off an arm, refuses Mm -hmm. to compete if males are allowed to compete against females. Here, this young Christian takes a stand and many pastors won't open their mouth. No, and and, uh, the same thing with the Christian basketball team, the women's team, they went to a tournament and one of the tournament teams had a transvestite on the team and he took his team and left. And I tell you, even the churches went after him for that. We don't get it. If you give way, no matter how much, Satan will fill that void. And that's what we're doing everywhere. Wow. We're giving him room to move. Well, kudos to that pastor that took the team and left. Amen? Oh, yes, yes. Dalai Lama apologizes for asking boy to suck his tongue. What do you think of that, Leo? I saw that. I'm like, are, are you kidding? I, you know, I don't know very much about, you know, these Eastern religions and stuff like that. But what was the what's the purpose of someone sucking his tongue? I have no idea. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, in, in so much of denominations and different religions and etc you have pedophilia going on you have Mm -hmm. uh, the raping of little boys and besides Mm -hmm. girls i mean uh you know the catholic church uh for one has been you know in the forefront of exposing sins in the catholic church whether Mm -hmm. it's pedophilia or whether it's uh just having sex priest with nuns yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, abortions. Abortions. Yeah. And so this is what's going on. You say what's, you know, the church is supposed to be the conscience of a, of the nation. The church is supposed to be the moral, again, conscience of a nation. But when the church itself is engaged in these type of sins of abomination, uh, God help the nation. Yes. And, you know, Dr. Hans, it's become about money. I really believe that everybody's, like I said, you're trying to fill seats. Uh, You hear people talking about the prosperity gospel. I'm like, everything with Jesus Christ is prosperous. You're talking about the greed gospel. I want to make money. We need to fill the seats. Let's take up two, three, four, five offerings. You know, let's make sure all the money is coming into the church. Let's do a building project and expand our church to two so it can now see 10,000. All these things, but like like you're saying from the beginning, you got a church full of people that are dying, sins rampant, and you're worried about filling seats and building a building. It's, it's absurd. Well, the Lord said very clearly, uh, judgment will begin at the house of God. Yes. Uh, he says, when I return, will I find faith? Uh, right now, what's wrong with America and the nations is the church has failed. We have a dysfunctional church filled with every type of sin imaginable, and we are coming under judgment for that very reason, and most of the church doesn't realize it. That's right. You know, I've seen over the years that we've known each other, the fear of some pastors to have you come to the church and speak the truth because they refuse to do it. It's always amazing to me. It's like, here's an opportunity to get your church on track with the word of God and you hide from it. And, you know, it's, and I know it's not just the years we were in Hawaii and other places, but it's, it's everywhere. Don't come to our church preaching the truth, teaching the truth. We've got a program and they stick to their programs. Well, you know, Jesus would not be invited in most churches anymore. Amen to that. Yes, that's true. And yeah, I know even coming here, you know, uh, oh, they say, oh, yeah, we know about you and all this. And will you do this and will you do that? The different parts of ministry, but they don't really want to get too close 
because you know you know our our ministry we don't play games with marriages you know that you gave your word i tell these ministers the lord will judge your ministry on your word to your spouse if that word is bad all of your word is bad don't play games with that and so they don't they don't want to hear those things you know they put spouses second third it doesn't matter but did you give your word to god for that for that uh, spouse and now they're in like, I don't want to say they're in shock, but they're like, oh, this secondary. You know, everything else comes first. The kids come before my wife. What? And you wonder why you're falling, why you have so much sin in the church and, and disarray in the church because you can't keep your word. It's that really that simple. God is a God of, of the word. Jesus is the word of God, and we don't get it. Well, you're exactly right. And, you know, grace is now time given when the spirit's in the body to judge yourself, judge yourself by the word. Because when the spirit leaves the body, then the word, God, Jesus is going to judge you by the word. Grace is over. It's over. Now he comes as a judge. And again, this Mm -hmm. basic theology is not being preached. No, no, it's not. And and, uh, it seems to be a theme. You know, like what what happened? We won't even stand up when we have a Christian that runs for office. And I know there's a lot of different takes on who can run for office. And my personal belief is if you are a called minister, your place is the, the body of Christ doing the things we're talking about, cleaning it up, keeping it right with God. But if you're not a called minister, the fivefold minister, and you run for office, the church won't even back you. I know. I, we, we've seen, I mean, people that are demon-possessed, demonic, where Christians will vote for them and not the Christian because someone told them Christians shouldn't be in politics. And, th- and then this happens, Dr. Hansen. Then they'll want to go down, let's march around the Capitol and beg God to change the people's minds at one because they're abortionists, you know, they're pedophiles or everything else. And it's like they told you that when they ran for office, and now you want to go down and have God make them do what you should have done. Well, you're exactly right. You know, Jesus is not coming out of heaven to uh, change our nation. Uh, He gave you and I that responsibility as his ambassador to change a nation, to put the right people in. And if we fail to do it, you can pray all you want. Jesus isn't coming back to change your nation. Amen. Amen. And that's what they think. That's what they're waiting on. That's why they reject people that preach the truth, teach the truth, and will not bend. You know, I've been asked before, it's like, are you going to talk, when you're going to speak today, are you going to mention praying in tongues? Are you going to mention prayer language? And I look at them, I'm like, well, I don't know. It may come up, you know, it depends on what the Holy Spirit has me do. And it's like, if you don't want that to happen, then you preach. I don't need to. I don't. I didn't come here and got to preach. If you're afraid of that, you preach. Exactly. You know, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The only power of God unto salvation they're afraid of. Amen. You know, Amen. Jesus said, you don't know? even don't even bother to go and preach. Don't even bother to try to represent me till you're endued with power from an eye. In other words, until you're Amen. baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't even bother trying. I know. And, you know, we did that in Australia and New Zealand, where I would have them clear the chairs out of the room. I call up everybody in the sanctuary. We're talking seven to nine hundred people in sanctuaries in the, in the church. And I'll say, anybody without your prayer language, come up. OK, once they get up now, everybody with your prayer language, go stand next to someone without it and begin to pray in your prayer language. And, and I know in, in New Zealand, 
there had to be, I'm going to just guess and say 95% of the people that did that got their prayer language that day. And the importance of that was that was Saturday evening, Sunday, a blind guy was at the church. This is the only blind guy I've ever prayed over. And he got 20-20 vision. But the setup, the power of the Holy Spirit was so great. This guy got his vision and he'd been prayed for for years and didn't get his sight. Amen. And it's like that. You got to, you've got to be with the Holy Spirit to see the gift and, and things flow in the church, not on some program that you made up. Well, you're exactly right. You know, Leo, recently I was invited to uh, Texas. Uh, Jerry World, Jerry Jones owns the Dallas Cowboys. I was invited to yes. their to their uh, headquarters, and and uh, they, you know, and I was on the third floor. There was bankers, executives, CEOs, scientists. Uh, it wasn't a ministers' conference, but I, I was invited, and I got to share a bit in the morning, a bit in the afternoon session, and I just laid it on the line. I said, "Guys, what you're witnessing right now is a communistic." takeover of the United States of America. I said, you know it and I know it. You bankers here, and there were bankers. I said, you realize they're trying to topple America right now and move us into the new world order. They're trying to push the Great Reset. This is sheer communism. And Trump Trump advisors were there. And I said, you know, this is what needs to happen. And I, I... Explain what Eagle Saving Nations was all about. We need another great yeah. awakening. We need a repentance through the land. And we want to fill the stadiums, uh, NFL stadiums, NBA stadiums, and let the power of God touch them as at the day of Pentecost. So people go out with power and authority instead of fear and intimidation. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. And we stop this takeover of the United States of America. I said, if we don't have a great awakening, let me tell you, you can put Donald Trump back in and I'm all for him. You can put all conservatives in the Senate, in the House, in the uh, judiciary, in the White House. But four sins bring judgment on a nation and one is homosexuality and the Republicans accept it. We're going to have a science of judgment. Millions are going to die if we don't have another great awakening. And, And Leo, nobody argued with me. Uh, yeah, they can't. Everything you spoke was true. It was just amazing. Here I have intelligent, educated, wealthy people, and nobody is arguing. No, they're not going. They're not going to argue. It's just like the the churches that are now splitting. Of course, the the falling away of the church has already been happening. Now it's happening at a greater uh, a greater amount. But the one of the missing parts that I've seen is a lack of leadership or disciple. You know, uh, here recently they had that campus where people were praising the Lord and everybody was shouting, the revival's here, the revival's here. And it's like, the, well, we'll see if the revival's here after, there's, after the praise and worship stops. Did you get any disciples? Did you lead anybody to the Lord? None of those things are happening. And what, And a week later, people can hardly remember they were there at the place praising God. You know, you must. Raise up disciples, Matthew twenty eight nineteen. If you don't raise up leadership, believers just drift back into whatever they were doing. Worship is good. It's important. I, I love it. I focus on it in our services. And signs and wonders are great. Healing, manifestations, miracles are great. Yes. But without repentance, uh, repentance alone is true revival. That's a great awakening. Without that, America's coming under judgment. It was just an event. You know, we went to Pasadena and talked to some of the people. Uh, Pastor and I went there from Hawaii, and we talked to some of the people at the Azusa Street Awakening, you know, with Catherine Kuhlman, and they said the same thing. 
all kinds of what you just mentioned, signs, wonders, miracles, and then it died. How did that die? They didn't raise up disciples. You know, they, they didn't raise up leaders. People came, got what they got, and then disappeared, just like with Jesus. He, he healed thousands and thousands of people, but those same people were yelling, crucify him, you know, at, for the cross. It's like, how do you do that? Because you didn't raise up leadership. You got to raise up disciples that will lead people in the right and in the word of God. And we're not doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening, watching The Warning Program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, president of World Ministries International. My special guest has been Pastor Leo Boji. He focuses on marriage seminars. Look him up on the website. Invite him into your church or... Uh, you can arrange a marriage seminar yourself and bring them in. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you right now to listen to this description of the science of judgment. You're going to see why America is falling. And then Eagle Saving Nations. Go to yes. my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Join Eagle Saving Nations. We've got to have another great awakening. Or this nation, you're going to see millions die. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, Example of King Jehoshaphat, Ungodly Alliances, God is Predictable, God Holds People Accountable, Man Can Turn Into an Intelligent Beast to Do Evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism. Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and Its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment? has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus, if laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. 
Call 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. That is 360-629-5248. And request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and shalom. The only hope for any nation to preserve their freedom and liberties is for a repentant, spirit-filled church, body of believers, to be salt and light and speak the truth of the Word of God throughout their nations. And that is what Eagles Saving Nations is all about. It is a movement birthed by the Holy Spirit in Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The vision statement of Eagle Saving Nations is to wake up Christians to the reality of the situation that is taking place in nations today, to expose the forces that are attempting to replace the Republic of America under the morality of God defined in the Bible with tyranny, thus communism, to educate Christians in every nation regarding the goals and operations of the forces aligned and associated with the New World Order. They are orchestrating one crisis after another throughout the world to move mankind into world government as described in the book of Revelation. To have leaders, people in every walk of life and every nation join ESN, Eagle Saving Nations, and rise up to be true ambassador of Jesus Christ, filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and having the power and authority to do spiritual battle to save their nation. To stop the tyranny that is taking place, using COVID-19 as an excuse to ignore the Constitution of the United States and Bill of Rights. To stop the tyranny in other nations that is taking away a person's liberties and freedoms, making them subject to control by people with evil motives and goals. To conduct conferences in nations where ESN has membership. The vision and mission is to wake up Christians to the seriousness of the hour and to hold revival meetings across the world to fill stadiums, conferences, and churches focused on training, strategy, exhortation, worship, preaching, allowing the glory of God to manifest with people being baptized in the Holy Ghost and others constantly overflowing with the Holy Spirit. We want them to leave these meetings encouraged, refreshed, and strengthened with power and authority to accomplish confronting the evil forces that are trying to enslave God's people and their nation. We want to be true ambassadors of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Go to www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, click on Eagle Saving Nations, and there subscribe to Eagle Saving Nations. A Golden Eagle is a one-time gift of $50 a year in the U.S., or if you're outside of the United States, a one-time gift of $25 U.S. for a Golden Eagle status. A bald eagle is $22 a month in an annual subscription. And for those who wish to be a white eagle, it is a monthly donation of $220. All donations collected by Eagle Saving Nations are allocated to renting facilities and to support coordinating staff for arranging these meetings. So please, go to www.worldministries.org, click on Eagle Saving Nations, and subscribe today. You can also telephone 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, and let the operator know that you wish to sign up for Eagle Saving Nations. Thank you, and may the Lord richly bless you. This is a live audience. We're at the chapel here at World Ministries International with the staff of WMI and their families, as well as children. I want to speak today on peace in 
the storm. Peace in the storm. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of anxiousness. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of hostility. Uh, in today's uncertain world, things are changing daily. And we need to learn the principles of obtaining peace. We need to learn how to live with a peaceful heart. We're all witnessing an escalation of hostilities, an escalation of control and manipulation. Revelation 13 is getting closer, where people will be urged to take the mark of the beast under total control. So my message, again, is peace in the storm. Philippians 4, 6 through 8, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing. When we read these verses, it's not just words we read. They're not supposed to be, yet some Christians they are. We read these things and then you quit, as fast as you quit reading them, you're a mental, you know, mess. You go right back into doubt and unbelief, right back into focusing on the negative. Do we understand this is a lack of faith? It's not faith in God, it's faith in yourself. It's a sign of too much pride, self-reliance. This says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How does a peace of God guard your hearts and minds if you'll be anxious for nothing? Why pray if you're going to take it right back on yourself and be a mental mess? I mean, what's the use? Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praiseworthiness, meditate on these things. It just told you what to meditate on, not the negative. You say, will you help me to pray over this? And so you and your prayer partner pray over it, but then you go right back and you forget everything God said brings you peace. To meditate on these things, not the negative. Not what if. The things which you learn and receive and heard and saw in me, these things do, and the God of peace will be with you. That's how the God of peace is with you. Paul learned three revelations that resulted not only in having the peace of God within his heart, but having the peace of of God or the God of peace inside of him, the God of peace. No doubt Paul had practiced these truths through the challenges and disappointments he endured in his own ministry. As you read Paul's life, we see that he faced all the adversities that life can throw at a person, all of it. He had physical challenges that resulted in being beaten with rods and lashes as well as being stoned to death. You know, if, if anybody out there in this room or on television, radio, have you been beaten with rods and lashes? I doubt hardly any of you have. 
Have you been stoned and left for dead? I doubt most people have. Yet, you blow your nose wrong and you're all upset. Paul was drug out to the city, left for dead. He faced hunger, the elements, dangerous animals, financial shortage, imprisonment, betrayal by friends. Yet he learned how to live with peace in the heart, his heart. Betrayal by friends. You know, that's a big one. Well, I'll never talk to them again. Well, you're going to be a lonely person all your life. Don't you understand there's not a living person that's not going to disappoint you? They're not perfect. If you're looking for perfection, you better go to heaven today. Just give up the ghost, go to heaven, and you'll see perfection. But you're not going to see it on earth. And if you're looking for it, you're going to be a miserable, depressed person. And you're going to make people around you depressed. Are we together? Can I hear a big amen? amen. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-three through 28. In labor, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In deaths, often. You know, he was left for dead more than once. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys often. In perils of water. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides other things which comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Wow. So if you come to me with a bellyache, I'm going to have you read 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-three through 28. And I don't think you got a complaint. Point number one, give all your concerns to the Lord. See, we got to literally do these things. We have to do them. It's a conscious action. Give them. Don't take them back. The first truth Paul shared that will result in a peaceful heart is to cast your cares upon the Lord. When he says to take our worries to God in prayer, he's simply saying, tell God about it and make him responsible for the outcome. Now, can we do this, ladies and gentlemen? What is it that we usually are anxious about, if not the outcomes of our situation? Are you worried about losing your job? Or if you've already lost it, maybe you're worried about where the next job will come from. Are you anxious about your children's future or the health of a loved one? The list can go on and on with things that cause people to have mental and emotional distress. Illnesses, if you carry it on. Do you like to live in constant stress and depression? That's what happens if you care, take the burdens right back on yourself. Why have somebody pray for you when you mentally take them back on yourself? Yeah. It's a waste of their time. You need to repent. Paul had plenty of reasons to get worried. Since he had already experienced so much pain, anguish in his life, 
Just the thought that some of those things could occur again would be enough to cause anybody anxiety in the strongest person. You know, I've gone through some persecution in my life. I've been framed in countries. I've sat in even cells. They've come to my home with guns. I went through a two-year court battle where they were proclaimed he's been framed by corrupt pastors. This is the judge in that nation, the high court judge. Yet I read what Paul went through. I've lived a life of a picnic. Yet some of you who know me, you'd never want to live my life. No, no, no. You, you don't want to change a lot of things in your life. When you get up for prayer, when you don't. I mean, you don't want to live my life. Paul had learned to let God be responsible for the outcome of his life. 2 Timothy 1.12 For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I believed. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until the day. Wow. What promises. What assurances. Amen? Amen. When we make God responsible for the outcome of the situation by telling him about it and thanking him for it, taking care of it for us in advance, we have peace. Peace of heart, peace of mind. We have emotional peace. Hey, God said it, I believe it. He will do exactly as he promised to in his word. Therefore, instead of dreaming of the terrible things that could happen. Oh, what if, 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 if. Why don't you throw out that big if? We are imagining the outcome to be according to what God promised instead. Forget if. God has promised it. It will happen. Amen? It will happen. He is the one responsible for the situation now. Now listen, not only are you watching on radio and television... In this very room, get what I'm saying. Live what I'm saying. Amen. Could be tormented by nonsense all the time. Paul's second step to a peaceful heart is found in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praiseworthiness meditate on these things hey god has promised he's given a future he's given a destiny this is what's going to happen i don't care what it looks like now we've done what we can do we leave it in the hands of god and we give praise on this side of the jordan if we can't do that why are you singing these songs we should sing a song i'm a doubter i'm an unbeliever and i take everything back are you there? Is that the song you want to sing? Well, then let's quit acting like it. Number two, control your thoughts. If I can uh, re-paraphrase it a little bit, stop thinking negatively. Stop doubting God's word. Or, let, let's say it even more personal. Say, I am going to stop stinking thinking. Amen, everybody. Say, I am going to stop stinking thinking. I am going to stop stinking thinking. Good. If one of you comes to me, I'm going to look at you. Stop your stinking thinking. First Peter 5, 6 through 8. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, 
that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. He cares for you. God cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Resist the devil. Don't cooperate with the devil. Paul knew that Satan would be trying to devour you and me with a mental bombardment of negative thoughts. He mentally bombards us with negative thoughts after we have cast our care upon the Lord. You know, you cast your care on the Lord and then all of a sudden, whoo, negative thoughts. And what do you do? Do you resist it or do you say, oh my goodness, what if this, what if it? I think Paul is ready just about to backhand the person. Hey, didn't you hear what I just said? Get a hold of yourself. Yeah, come to your senses. Shake them. Hey, can you understand what I'm saying? Again, we see the admonition by an apostle to cast our cares, making God responsible for the outcome. Make God responsible. If you make yourself responsible, if you put it back on yourself, Everything that God just said in the word of God is nullified because now you know more than the word of God. Now you're your own little God. And then God says, okay, physician, heal yourself. You don't want to believe me? Be a mental mess. Be an emotional mess. Have mental distress. Live in your depression. You don't want to obey me. You don't want to listen to me. Just listen to yourself. The enemy will try to devour your thinking with those same anxious thoughts that you have just released to God. However, we can successfully resist the devil by taking the thoughts captive, replacing them with positive thoughts. Paul tells us to meditate on Philippians 4.8. Thoughts that issue from the contemplation of the word of God. Someone once said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head. True, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. Are we there? You can't stop it from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. <laughs> the same is true with our thought life. We can stop thoughts from coming, but we can't stop from them from staying. We can't stop them from coming, but we can stop them from staying. You know, temptation is just that. We're tempted and we resist it. We resist it. Well, what if this... You throw it out, but what about this? This is what God says. Remember a time in your life, no matter what the devil has said, you read scripture and you had friends that held you accountable to the word of God. That's what the body is all about, to support one another. Resist the negative thinking. Get back to the word of God. Have peace. Have tranquility. Stay in the... Shelter of the Almighty, under the wings of an eagle. Paul gives us another step for a peaceful heart in verse 9. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace. Point number three is copy your mentors. In other words, follow the example of righteous leaders. 
follow the example of righteous leaders. Paul had proven many truths in his life. He had learned to live by faith in the grace of God to an amazing degree. Had become a model of victory for everyone to follow. He could boldly say, follow me as I follow Christ. Because the word of God had become incarnated in him. He had become the word of God. He was so in love with God. He inhaled the word of God. He lived by the word of God totally. Follow me as I follow Christ. How did that happen? I preached a sermon some weeks ago. Why does God delay answering prayers? Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through our past misery and mistakes, we can learn the word of God is true. We can hold on to the word of God. We can focus on the word of God. We can rely and stand on the word of God. We don't need to be a basket case the rest of our life. Amen? I've lived 30, 40 years in and out of mental institutions. I've take, taken drugs for 30, 40 years to stay out of depression. Well, why don't you hold on to the word of God and stay out of depression? If you don't hold on to the word of God, you're going to live in depression till the day you die. The point is you're not going to be happy and those around you aren't going to be happy. Follow me as I follow Christ. Do these things and the God of peace will be in you. Paul didn't leave any method of instruction out. He covered every possible way that believers may have gleaned from his life, depending on their relationship with him as an apostle. Some people have personally interacted with him. Some people did in that day. You can interact, or interact with him by reading his accomplishments, reading his words in the Bible. Others may have just heard people tell about his life. Some may have just seen him handling certain situation or performing his ministry in some other way. Regarding and regardless of the way the truth was communicating, Paul said, copy it, do it, and you will have the desired result. Just do it. I've said it, you've watched me, do it. Part of God's plan for raising us to maturity in Christ is to give us mentors who can coach us in living the Christian life, incorporating the word of God. We are admonished to follow the example of those who have walked with the Lord deeper and longer than we have. You know, if, you're, if you know somebody that's walked with them deeper and longer and they're a serious man or woman of God, will you humble yourself and listen to them? Instead of argue, 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 argue. Hebrews 13, 7. <laughs> Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, consider the outcome of their conduct. You know, they've eaten more salt than you have in life. They've learned a few things by their own trial and tribulations. That's why you're supposed to listen to your parents. If you have righteous parents, they can teach you something. You don't have to fall in the same mud hole unless you're stupid. Oh, oh you said stupid. Yeah, unless you're stupid. Look it up. Then I guess you need to fall in the same mud hole. And uh, let's get enough towels and water and soap and clean you up. Hebrews 13, 7, remember those who rule over you. Consider the outcome of their conduct. There's a major reason we need to be connected to the larger body of Christ. By faithfully gathering together with a local church, 
that we can find mature models of the faith that we can observe and safely follow. You gotta find the right church or you're gonna follow a bunch of hypocrites that aren't following the word of God, that do nothing but rely on other forces that are trying to topple our freedoms. They don't live a life of faith. They follow any dictator that tells them anything. We will learn the secrets to living the Christian life and walking in the peace of God when we follow those that have gone before us, a mature body of believers. In modern times of technology, the internet has become the source of spiritual training and instruction, but there is no substitute for personal relationships. No substitute for relationships of love and trust as Jesus had with his disciples. Paul had with Timothy. Elijah had with Elisha. The word teaches us of this truth in many passages and examples. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but he who likes to keep the companionship of fools will be destroyed. Do you walk with a fool? In Jamaica, I preached the sermon in a very large church. Are you a chicken or are you an eagle? If you walk with the chickens, talk with the chickens, eat with the chickens, you're a chicken. Or are you an eagle? You walk with the wise. You walk with the knowledgeable. You talk with them. You learn from them. And you soar with them. Who do you choose? Do you choose to have chickens in your life or eagles? Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness Peter and John perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. In the process of discipleship, there's no substitute for observing. No substitute for observing another person's life. The relationship is two ways. You observe, your mentor observes you. One way relationships over the internet is not the total answer for coming to maturity in Christ although it provides some resources for learning, but they cannot observe you. You can't observe their personal life. There's no substitute for observing. Paul specifically says developing the lifestyle of casting our cares, controlling our thoughts, copying our mentors will cause the peace of God to be with you. This brings to mind the story of Noah sending out the dove that returned with an olive branch in his mouth. Genesis 8, 8 through 11, he sent out a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the earth. But the dove found no resting place. She returned to the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. He put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark. He waited another seven days. He sent out the dove. Then the dove came back in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf. Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. There is so much symbolism in the dove representing the Holy Spirit. The olive branch speaks of the peace of God. Noah was limited by what he could see. The waters within range had not receded, but with the help of the dove, he could know what was beyond his sight. We call that revelation knowledge, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We can have God make an inhabitation with us, the Holy Spirit, who can lead us and guide us, the dove, we can learn to live worry-free, praying with thanksgiving, and the God of peace will be with us. James 1.22, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. And may the God of peace be with you. God bless you. Shannon, 
Praise the Lord. Powerful word tonight. Folks, did you enjoy that? It was awesome. We're live with Dr. E.J. Buckhart, and this is an episode of Warning. Brother E.J., how can people contact you in the ministry, and how can they support your work? Well, the first three you could use is our telephone, 360-629-5248. That's 360-629-5248. You could also write to us at WMI, that's for World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. That's P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. And if you're mailing it, you can uh, just write the check out to WMI and uh, put it in the envelope. If you're using credit cards or debit cards, we take Masters, Visa, American Express, Decover. We also use PayPal. And now we're new on Zelle. And if you use Zelle, use the word warning, W-A-R-N-I-N-G, at worldministries.org. And also, we can always go to the website, www.worldministries.org. That's www.worldministries.org. And while you're on the website, we have all these programs archived, but we also have the Eagle Saving Nations, which we'd like you to sign up to, because this is where we need to bring this nation back under a great awakening with spirit-filled believers boldly sharing the truth with anointing and the power of God to save America, our church, and other nations. Amen. Folks, go to worldministries.org. Brother E.J., thank you for being with me tonight. It was an honor. And uh, we'll see you all again next week. Looking forward to it, Shannon. God bless you, my friend. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.